0: Potter revisited, episode four, where we are disgusting. Where well, we are, we are disgusting.
1: <laughs> we are always disgusting.
0: <laughs> we are discussing episode. What am I talking about? Okay, I'm just gonna to do that all over.
1: No, 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 that's fantastic. We have to keep that. That's so good. We
0: are just disgusting, but we are also discussing uh, chapter four. Keep breath the keys, or as I like to call it, exposition magic and history. So starting out here is just some interesting little things we found from the chapter.
1: Yeah my first question is if Hagrid is the keeper of keys because I call him the the chapter's called the keeper of keys what what keys is he keeping? Like if a first year student can do Mara which unlocks a door what exactly is the point of keys? Like where are the keys? What do they open? Why do we need them? I have concerns about these keys he's
0: keeping. I don't know what the keys are for. It's more like a gardener. Because a gamekeeper is just kind of like a gardener and he oversees, like, the property.
1: Yeah, I mean, gamekeeper is supposed to keep the animals, right? Like, in proper British estates, the gamekeeper has, like, the hounds and the chickens and the horses, I guess. I
0: don't know, whatever creatures Hogwarts has. Just lurking. Yeah, he's in charge of the giant squid. I mean, someone probably has to feed the giant squid. It's probably Hagrid. I feel like the giant squid probably feeds
1: itself. I guess. Like a normal giant squid. You know, out there in the ocean eating sharks
0: and children and algae. Well, it's just weird because this it lives in a lake. But I guess it when they go in the lake in the fourth book, it's pretty, it's not, it doesn't really seem like a lake.
1: Maybe he eats mermaids.
0: The people. that's probably why they don't like it.
1: <laughs> I heard a theory once that like, there's got to be some sort of portal inside the great lake that leads to the ocean or something to explain a how a giant squid got there and b like how the durmstrang ships gets through there's just like a portal so maybe the giant squid sometimes goes on ocean trips
0: just portals back and forth
1: just living his best life
0: mm-hmm. i have sassy sassy harry moment which i live for
1: oh yeah i love this when hagrid's asking harry if he doesn't know anything about anything and harry's so offended and he goes I know some things, maths and stuff. <laughs> He's just such an absolute 11-year-old boy in that moment.
0: I thought it was crazy that Uncle Vernon like gets a rifle because that was what the package was in the last chapter was this rifle. And I was like, what are the gun laws in the UK? Because I'm assuming it's kind of like in Canada where we don't really have guns. And I'm just like, is it show sure how much Vern's kind of like losing his marbles because he just got this gun? Yeah, or like, like what was he planning to do? <laughs> Shoot the owls that deliver it.
1: But it's a rifle. Maybe rifles in like small towns in the UK. It's like if you have a hunting license sort of situation, you're allowed to have a rifle because that's like a hunting gun. Maybe, he, I don't know. Or it could be illegal. Or maybe he got it off like from a pub. I feel like pubs always have like a rifle behind the...
0: Well, instead so of this man gave it to him at the end of the last chapter. Yeah. So it, it seems sketchy. So I just feel like he's kind of losing it.
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely sketchy. He definitely, uh... Is not in a sane state of mind to have a gun at all. Like,
0: no one should be giving him a gun.
1: (laughs) A basic test of mental sanity would show he, especially in this chapter, should not be given any weapon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to be honest, yeah. I wouldn't trust him with a toaster
1: in this chapter, to be honest. (laughs) This
0: is also the first instance we get of, you look like your dad, but you have your mother's eyes, which we hear numerous times in the series. Yeah, that's one of those things we should be counting every time they say it. I definitely like to keep track of it. So this is the first time, and it's from Hagrid, which is kind of sweet. Yeah. The one thing I have throughout this book is that, um, that started in this chapter, when we started rereading, I didn't realize how much Hagrid drank in the books. I literally did not remember him drinking, like, in the early books. I remember him maybe getting drunk in, like, the sixth book, and Harry being there, but I don't remember him drinking, but he literally, like takes a swig of like whiskey or something in this and there's like a number of times in like the next couple chapters where he's like drinking
1: yeah actively consuming alcohol at work around children
0: yeah I don't know, like oh my god like I know Hagrid's an adult and his friendship with Harry is kind of different than like a typical ad- adult and like child thing because it's like he's almost a father figure but he's not a father figure and I'm just like wow Haggard's like a drunk uncle for real I also find it funny
1: because they seem shocked when they think Mad-Eye Moody is drinking in the fourth when he's it's polyjuice potion but they think hey, what's that in this flask well I don't know but it's probably not pumpkin juice <laughs> so it's like suddenly they're shocked to see an adult openly drinking alcohol in front of them when like they've been seeing it for since year one like that's just what Hagrid does he day drinks in
0: front of children I it because it's Hagrid and Hagrid's fine but Mad-Eye Moody looks like he could be like something's kind of up with him. I also saw that there's a lot of information that's dropped in this chapter from what I remember and I was just wondering because like this is a children's book and it's like this is like the fourth chapter and there's a lot of information in here so I was wondering if it should have been spread out over like a couple chapters or do you think as a child you could follow it I didn't actually read this in order when I was a kid so I read this when I was older and I had also seen the movie but I was wondering if like a child would just pick up this book and like they're reading the first couple chapters themselves maybe Like, would they be able to follow all this information that they're getting?
1: I think it's almost more believable to put it all in one chapter sort of for children. Because when you're starting to read bigger books as a kid, often like the books you've read before a chapter book are really short. So everything sort of has to happen quickly in like five pages. You kind of have to struggle to keep kids' attention more. So if you really want them to pay attention to important information, you have to like have all the important information together, surrounded by some exciting stuff so that they are fully paying attention to it because if you don't pay enough attention in this chapter
0: there's a lot of things that make no sense all of a sudden. I do feel like this is where the book kind of picks up because like the first couple chapters are kind of interesting but I never really get in sight because I had reading the first book until Hagrid comes in because that's what kind of kick-starts the plot like Harry's actually leaving the Dursleys and he's going to Hogwarts. This is where things get exciting. Yeah. It's also when you finally start to know anything. You know nothing until this point. Yeah, it's just, like, weird things are happening to Harry. And it's just kind of more, like, building, like, the background. Like, here his... This is the family he's living with. This is what Harry's like. And this is what he's dealing with. But you don't really know why. And this is kind of where we get, like, the, the why and, like, the backstory. And then we also get to, like, leave and go to, like, a new location and stuff, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, it's also funny because, like... I feel like maybe because it's the first book but I enjoy the pre-Hogwarts stuff more in this book than I often do in the other books which is dumb because it's just like me reading the Dursleys Abusing Harry and like but there's something like really exciting about this book because the bad of knowing what's coming next I get more excited like I'm like oh it's gonna be so great when this happens like I'm so excited about knowing that his whole life is about to change that I almost enjoy enjoy these chapters
0: more than I normally would it's definitely different because him being the third place, like, he doesn't know he's a wizard, but then in the other books, you're just kind of waiting to get to Hogwarts because that's where all the fun stuff happens. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, when can we get to Hogwarts? When can we get to Hogwarts? Are there yet? <laughs> I think my favorite chapters are like the train journey.
1: I loved trains. I'm a big fan of being on the train.
0: All right, jumping into our next segment, we have James and Lily. So we finally get Harry's more about Harry's parents and kind of like their backstory. But what happened to them? And I was wondering, when I was reading this before we were recording, I was like, Dumbledore kind of knew that it wouldn't go very well, but he trusted Hagrid. Did he, did Dumbledore expect that Harry wouldn't know, like, how much he didn't know? Like, he didn't know his parents, he didn't know about his wizard? Because I feel like it's kind of shitty for Dumbledore to explain, have Hagrid explain to Harry how his parents died. Because that's, like, a really sensitive thing, and I feel like it probably would have been better coming from Dumbledore, but, like... We've noted the last couple chapters, Dumbledore doesn't really care about Harry as a person. Yeah, I agree.
1: I don't think Hagrid is the best choice for this situation at all. Um, I mean, everyone loves it, because, oh, Hagrid's the one who came to get Harry, and he's the one who dropped off baby Harry. But, like, from, like, a logical standpoint, like, if I'm in charge of a magic school, Hagrid is not necessarily the person I'm sending to do this, because it's kind of an eloquent
0: situation. Like, it's very specific like I it's stunning haggard because he thought it would be difficult to get harry just get him a letter but i think H- H- Hagrid definitely expected him to know that he's a wizard and to know that his parents were wizards and kind of know what happened to them and he didn't know any of that so i was wondering is dumbledore really that dumb that he just thinks but he that he would know stuff or just like dumbledore really didn't expect it and he's like oh Hagrid, you just need to go pick up harry like we're having issues with him getting his letter and Hagrid's like yeah sure no problem but Hagrid, i feel bad for Hagrid too because He trusts Dumbledore so much, and he's, like, blindsided. Like, this kid doesn't know anything, so he has to explain, like, how he's a wizard and, like, what happened to his parents. And, like, what if Harry just didn't believe him? Like, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Yeah. It's just... Why, Dumbledore? Why, Dumbledore? Honestly. We're only four chapters into the beginning of the series, and, like, Dumbledore's already, like, I don't understand him.
1: I don't. I just... He he's got to be one of those people that's like so book smart he just has no understanding of anything else. No he
0: doesn't really see Harry as a person at this point until I guess like he actually like sees him and he's like oh wow a real walking talking person not just this thing I need to like protect.
1: We also sort of get our first understanding of Voldemort in this chapter as well which Mm -hmm. is crazy because again it's just this huge information dump but they talk about like so many people joining Voldemort and stuff and I wonder how many of Voldemort's followers actually followed him because they believed in his cause and how many people followed Voldemort because they were afraid about the alternative which was probably being killed or tortured like it'd be nice to
0: like have an understanding of that I guess because it's sad yeah yeah we do know Sirius kind of talks about in the Order of the Phoenix how, like, um, there are a lot of people, like, rich families that thought Voldemort had the right idea, but they didn't like how he is going about it. Like, they had the idea that they're better than them, like, so they're racist, but they're not gonna, like, go, like, publicly murder people there's things like that but they're also proud that like when his brother became a death theater, his parents were proud like they didn't want to publicly say that they supported Voldemort because it was kind of like a social faux pas
1: yeah it's so weird it's very like it's kind of the kind of thing you can look at in sort of the current or slightly earlier in the year state of the states sort of where it's like there's a huge leader and if you don't follow them you're kind of publicly ridiculed by some people or put in dangerous situations but if you do, you're just kind of a dick. <laughs>
0: then you're kind of just, like, in your own grave, pretty much.
1: Yeah, it's hard because you don't have the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, it would be nice yeah. to somehow know what percentage of Voldemort's followers are just terrible people and what percentage are, like, people who were too afraid of what would happen if they didn't join him. So they bended their own morals and values
0: for self-preservation. I think that's kind of how I had a like, pedigree. Like, he was on the right side and, like, he had all these friends on the right side. think like, he is so afraid of, like since it, it it looks like they weren't going to win, it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah. I'm just going to go on the bad side because he didn't want to die. But then it's like, loses all his like respect and like morals and everything that he potentially had.
1: Yeah. But we also get in this chapter, I mean, it's because it's Hagrid, but like such a blatant visual or of how much Hagrid loves Dumbledore. Like the way he talks about Albus Dumbledore is so... It's not just respect, it's, like, reverence. It's, like... Yeah. It's not just, like, he's a really good friend who did me great things, because there's lots of people who see Dumbledore as a really great friend, but also see themselves as a person who also, like, would say something if they disagreed with Dumbledore.
0: I think Hagrid was also an orphan. Yeah. So, because he didn't know his mom, and then his dad died when he was really young, and then when he got expelled from Hogwarts, like, Dumbledore's probably the only adult that actually, like, cared for him, so it's kind of like Harry, where Harry really, like, Hagrid's only a father figure, but he definitely holds Hagrid, a lot of respect for Hagrid, despite everything about
1: Hagrid. I just think maybe because of ha- Dumbledore knows that Hagrid's so loyal to him and so willing to do anything for him without question, I think maybe that's part of why he chose to send Hagrid is because he's sort of priming Harry already to think of Dumbledore as the greatest person in the world because that's what Hagrid's going to tell him or how Hagrid's-, Hagrid's going to refer to him.
0: Yep, Dumbledore is a manipulative guy
1: so manipulative
0: like puppets on a string
1: Ooh, and we also get Hagrid giving us major spoilers when he says uh, regarding Voldemort I don't know if he had enough human in him left to die or left in him to die
0: they're very interesting because I well, we don't think Dumbledore's probably shared of Hagrid about his theories no there's no way Dumbledore told about Voldemort so Hagrid's just very like introspective just, like, knowingly weren't well, so evil that, like, there's no way he's dead.
1: And I don't think Dumbledore's thought about horror is at this point anyway. I don't think he starts to think that until the diary in book two. So Hagrid's just being deeply, unintentionally insightful. But I wonder, like... I'm sure when he said it, he was referring to, like, the degree of evil that Voldemort is, but it's so perfect how it also refers to, like, his horror crooks and the fact that he's only a fraction of a soul. And I was like, that's that's a good line. Like, that's a well thought. You don't question it if you don't know, and then when you know, you totally question it. So it's... Another one of those things that adds to, like, seeing it again and yeah. reading it again.
0: Yeah, that's definitely the best part, but reading the, rereading the series later on, it's like, now that you know kind of everything and all these series and stuff, going back and being like, was this referring to this, or was it, like, deeper? My favorite thing is, like, now knowing Harry's horror cracks, like, is what he does, just, like, Harry, or is it something deeper?
1: Yeah. I also, regarding, like, the fact that this is when Harry finally actually learns about his parents, think the Dursleys are so lucky that as soon as Harry knows the truth, he leaves. Like, because it gives him a whole year for his, like, anger at them to simmer down before they're alone with him. Because if, like, I'm a young magical boy and I just found out that these assholes lied to me my whole life about my parents, like, I would be furious, you know? They got really, really lucky that after him finding out his whole life was a lie, he didn't stick around with them right afterward.
0: Yeah, in this chapter, we really find, like, Petunia's jealousy was, like, out of control here. So I was wondering is she just really petty. Who didn't she didn't grow up, or was it like was there more to how she and Lily were raised and how she was treated? That like is there truth to that? Because she definitely seems like uh, growing up, it was all about Lily, and she was kind of like casted aside. And she's the only one that saw it like this is weird. But we know later on that she actually wanted to be included in the wizarding world, and she just couldn't. So she consumed with jealousy. She like her and Lily's relationship is kind of fractured. Yeah,
1: it's uh, so much information in one chapter, but it's interesting. It's, I feel like Petunia just would have been jealous no matter what, kind of, just because when one of your children is away at school, like living at school, you're gonna get all your parents' attention pretty much, you know, because the other sibling isn't there. So it's not like she's entirely starved for affection from her parents. Like, sure, they'll probably talk about Lily a lot, but She's the one who gets to have them take her for ice cream and braid her hair, and you know?
0: Yeah, assuming if they did that, but if not, like, it's like, did she she just internalize all these, like, things that Lily got to do? And then it's just the fact that she was being excluded. So then she just, like, did all these things to make her feel better. Like, so she does everything the proper way. Like, she's all about being proper and, like like, the best, and stuff, and then she just kind of, like, to make herself feel better, she's like, well, Lily is like, a freak, and it's weird, and, like, I don't want to be a part of it anyway.
1: When you first heard, well, the first time you read this chapter, or I guess if you saw the movie first, got this part of the movie, what was your reaction to, like, discovering Harry's past? Like, were you heartbroken?
0: Were you curious? Were you excited? Were you... I don't know, because, like, when did the movie come out? It was really, like... 2002 or something so I was probably really young and I don't think I really like I don't know if I really had any reaction because I was a kid so you don't really think about stuff especially because I have a really good family. I don't know what it's like to be like ostracized at that point in my life. If that's not coming back it can definitely feel like like if you've been lied to or just like had something that shifted your entire perspective of something as an adult you can go back and like think of like how hairy feels and everything and how like crazy it is.
1: Yeah I think for me, I was just really excited the first time I got that kind of backstory because it sort of, it was the first time the world in the book got bigger. Like when you first, the first three chapters, the world was just Harry and the Dursleys to you in this book, you know? And it, it sort of expanded in that way. It expands so much when you hear that story that I feel like as a child, I was so distracted by like, there's a whole bunch of wizards out there. And oh, there's a big bad evil wizard. And like, I was so excited by the world expansion happening so suddenly, I almost didn't have time to reflect on how sad and traumatic the actual story of James and Lily
0: is yeah Okay, especially looking back because the movies didn't really reflect this but like going by like the timeline the rough timeline of Harry Potter like James and Lily were really young they were 21 oh my god which is kind of crazy I mean they do reference that they're married because I think that's like the old English proper way because like I showed this in the 90s so it's like oh they have to be they're married don't worry they're married just so you know <laughs> they're married but yeah, you think, because in the movies, the actors are a lot older, so, like, even, like, I know I love, like, who played Ceres and played Remus and everything, with the, and, like, I do obviously, but thoughtfully, they were a lot older than they would have been, and I think if they ever redo the series, like, showing how young they were is more of, like, more accurately it would be, like, it shows how excited like, it was, like, they died so young. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of fine with that. Snake being played by someone older because I feel like he's probably so tired <laughs> like sometimes I look at him and I'm like this actor Alan Rickman there he's like 60 or in his 50s early on and I'm like that could be a very very tired 35 year old man
0: <laughs> yeah he's but he's seen some stuff so tired okay I can definitely see Sirius being played like him by like Gary Oldman was good too because Sirius definitely like it being an Askbin probably aged him a lot too
1: I mean, I guess when you think about it, the other one is Lupin, and he's supposed to look frail and sickly because yeah. of the werewolf situation. So maybe, like, in that particular sense, the ages aren't terrible in the actors because they just cast older to get across the the scars of war and the tiredness and the their wisdom beyond their years. Because, like, there's no way 21-year-old me is doing any of the things that 21-year-old them did. Like, it's just not happening.
0: No, not even 27-year-old me.
1: Yeah, I'm still, I'm 26, and I'm like, gee, I don't know about this whole fighting. I mean, I'd probably fight Voldemort, because he's such a dick, but some of the other things they do, I'm like, that's too wise, that's too carefully thought out, that's not, that's not how people in
0: their 20s act. (laughs) Just them having a a full-time job in their 20s, I mean, like... Oh my god, a full-time job? (laughs) probably having benefits oh too gosh. like that's the dream it's
1: unfair it's under the house they have a house you're yeah,
0: having a house I can't relate
1: i really hope it wasn't a rental because voldemort just destroyed that place like i hope they had rental insurance if that was a rental no, i
0: thought james was like all does money came from the the hair potion
1: oh yes that's true i guess they just inherited their house money with off the family trust <sighs> I find, because I was so distracted by the world growing here, I didn't feel sad enough for his parents. I feel like the times I feel most sad about Harry's parents is the little moments when Harry thinks about them just casually once in a while. That's when I sort of feel it because that's when it's more real to me. It's not like this person telling you all these things and I'm like, that's so weird and it's never happened to me. But like, I know what it's like to just go about your day and suddenly miss someone for some small reason because something happened that makes you think of them, you know? So, I feel like that's when it hits me and it's sad. But this big information dump, I'm like, oh, cool, big world, and ah, oh, poor Harry, but also big world.
0: Much fun. And moving from James Lily to Hagrid, our favorite drunk uncle. Or as I accidentally messaged you today, Uncle Jarvis. Uncle Jarvis. Sometimes stupid autocorrect. Yeah,
1: I just I've never heard of your uncle Jarvis. I, I
0: don't know how it got Hagrid's Jarvis, but that's what came that's out. That's Weird.
1: Jarvis is not like on a The Avengers thing. I
0: don't know. I don't know anyone named Jarvis. So.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Um. I guess we're gonna start just talking about Hagrid for a bit.
0: Yep. Yeah. Good old Hagrid.
1: Good old Hagrid. He is such a purveyor of exposition in the early books like he just
0: and besides ron he's like the one person that kind of like tells like he's kind of your insight to the wizarding world or at least harry's insight to the wizarding world until he meets ron and ron kind of gives more of the kind of like society input of like how things are done and like why things are done a certain way yeah
1: it's definitely interesting that it was it was Hagrid, I guess, for Harry in so many senses of the time, because the world is kind of different for Hagrid than it is for other people. Like, he's not just a wizard who went to Hogwarts and graduated from Hogwarts. Like, he's such a different perspective from the general or most common perspective of the wizarding world. It's interesting that Hagrid is often...
0: He's kind of like an outsider, so it's he's kind of like, I think him and Harry kind of bonds because, um... Harry's says like, outsider in the Wiggle world coming into this world, and Hagrid's kind of an outsider in the wizarding world, but he's still, like, bringing him in.
1: But this early on, Harry doesn't even know that Hagrid's an outsider. He's massive, but as far as Harry knows, he's just, some wizards are gigantic at this point, right? Like,
0: now, he refers to Hagrid as a giant, but the fun thing is Hagrid actually is a half-giant, and H- Harry never even thought about that until, like, it comes out that he's a half-giant, and Ron's like, oh my gosh, like, that's so crazy, and Harry's like, really? Like, I kind of like Ron. Yeah, he's like, well, yeah, of course he's, like, a hatchet. So Harry doesn't but...
1: know, right? So it's, like, at this point, the fact that Harry would be able to relate to Hagrid because Hagrid too was an outsider goes completely over Harry's head because he doesn't know Hagrid is an outsider because he doesn't know enough about the society to know what an insider looks like or what it feels like or what is normal. So as of now, Harry thinks most wizards could be gigantic, huge, bearded, and carry umbrellas. <laughs> like, it's just funny to think that that's his an initial wizard content. Yeah.
0: Haggar the half and, giant.
1: You know, you hope people don't generalize an entire group of people based on the first person they meet. But you a little bit do, I suppose, if you've had no other exposure to magic people that you know of. You saw all of a sudden like, wow, wizards have amazing beards. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to curl wizard breed like Hegrids. <laughs> My point was that Hagrid uh, is very combative in this chapter with very little like inputs and tendencies. They don't really do much in this chapter except like they get exposed. So I was wondering if he was warned with the Dursleys because we know Hagrid doesn't really like the 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 idea of leaving Harry with Muggles either. So I was wondering if like he didn't really need to be set off that much. He was just already mad at them.
1: Yeah, he came in with sort of a predisposed opinion that they suck.
0: And he, well, he was right, but I was just kind of like, it's a lot. Yeah, he's
1: he's he's a little scary. I mean, not so much in the book the first time I read the book but I think the first time I saw the movie when Hagrid first comes in it's a, as a child
0: it's a little scary if yeah, this scene very much sticks in my head yeah it's a lot as a child but yeah I, that scene especially I, when I was reading the chapter I could think of that scene a lot for the movie because it's very it's pretty close to the book and it's just kind of like
1: and Robbie Coltrane did amazing like mm-hmm. he's perfect Hagrid he does great and the moment, he's one of the actors At the moment I saw the actor, that was what I pictured from then on. There's some characters where I still picture them the yeah. way I pictured them. But him, I think, whatever I pictured before wasn't as good as what he ended up being. So I'm like, this is, this is the Hagrid I want. I'll take this one.
0: I was wondering if Hagrid was naive of, like, or maybe Dumbledore, too, to expect Harry to know about Hogwarts. Because I'm like, did they really expect the Dursleys to tell them? I think it's more in Dumbledore, I guess, because he's the one that, Left the note and stuff, and he kind of had a relationship with Petunia because she wrote him that letter. But, like, I'm like, did you really expect? That? No one checked in on him either, so how would you know? You just kind of assumed for like 10 years that the jurors would kind of like take care of it, and you're so surprised when they didn't take care of it, really?
1: You really shouldn't assume. You know what they say when you assume, you make an ass out so of you and me. And Dumbledore makes his fair share of assumptions. <laughs> Throughout the
0: series, he makes a lot of assumptions, and they're usually assumption. At least around Harry, they're usually wrong.
1: Maybe he just can't grasp certain like things in like a a practical way. Like he can see them theoretically, but he can't actually grasp the idea of people being the way the Dursleys are. Like because of the world he's from, and the person he is, he just. Can't wrap his mind around why the Dursleys wouldn't tell someone about Harry. Well, he's like, Of course, they'll tell him. He'll ask. He'll wonder. He'll be curious. They'll tell him.
0: You can't imagine them being like, No, shut up. Don't talk about your parents or anything relating to it.
1: I'm like, no one would do that. That would be so weird. Like, he just. I mean, ideally, you'd think he'd send them a couple letters like, Hey, Harry's turning nine today.
0: Yeah, like, checking in. Yeah. But no one checked in on him for no 10 one. years.
1: I'm like, We know that because. If they'd checked in, they would have, Harry would have known more because they're so afraid of the wizards. If Dumbledore sent an angry letter being like, at this point, Harry Potter should know about his parents and that he's a wizard. Sincerely, Albus Dumbledore. Like, they might think for a minute, maybe we'll just pretend that we told Harry and tell Dumbledore we did. But they're so afraid of wizards and magic. They don't know if he can tell if they're lying. So I think they would have told Harry more or at least... Harry would have had more understanding of the world if anyone had done the least bit of effort into trying to get the Dursleys to tell him. If Dumbledore that. had
0: done anything. Literally Dumbledore, anything. That guy. <laughs> I was wondering, because Harry believes ha- uh, Hagrid very quickly. And I was thinking, if I was just living on and someone's like, oh, you're a wizard. I'm like, am I? Like, I don't know if you're just very, I'm just a very skeptical person. But yeah, Harry, I just feel like Harry's so desperate for just something to take him away. He's like, Hagar's like, Yeah, you're a wizard and you're gonna go to the school. He's like, Oh my god, take me now, get me out of here. Thank goodness, take me now. (laughs)
1: Take me now. (laughs) Um, No, but uh, I thought, I think it's when you're a kid, A, you're quicker to believe things just because you're a kid, but also he needed something. Like, he sort of had nothing to believe in up until this point in his life. It was so dreary and there seemed like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. He needed something so badly that as soon as he was given something to grab onto and hold onto, that was like hope he was like yes finally
0: this i'll take it there's a few times in like the first few chapters where he kind of thinks it's a dream or he's like this can't be real or or it's a mistake so he just is not used to good things happening to him because i think the next chapter he thinks it was a dream he had and then i know when he before he gets sorted he thinks oh maybe it was a mistake yeah and i'll have to go home and it's just kind of like oh he has something good in his life that he just thinks anything that good happens to him it's like it's not real but i think Even kids who do have perfectly average lives that aren't abused at
1: home and do have families that love them still dream for some magical, whimsical other world, for someone to come and tell them that they're special and that there's a whole other world out there that they get to be a part of. Like, everyone wants that kind of, right? To be told, like, there's more than this and you're special. And so it's kind of like, even if he weren't, he believes it really quickly because he needs something, but... 11-year-old me probably would have believed it pretty quickly, too. I'd have been like, this makes so much sense. Finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take me to the school where they don't do math.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly. Also, I was wondering, because, like, you know, Higrid does magic, so it's kind of like, how does he do magic? I know it's assumed, Harry assumes that, like, his wand and his umbrella. But I, I always assumed, like, once you were expelled, or, like, you're being expelled from the sitting room, they, like, take your wand. I wonder how they got the pieces back, because I feel like, once, like you're kind of expelled, you can't use a wand. They would take it to prevent this from happening. So when Dumbledore intervened, and, like got him his wand.
1: What I think is they probably snapped Hagrid's wand in half because I feel like that's. The thing. Well, yeah, it,
0: it, he does reference that they did snap his wand, but like, uh, like with. Well, if Dumbledore
1: already had the Elder Wand at that point, perhaps Dumbledore fixed it because we know the Elder Wand can fix wands. So he fixed Hagrid's wand, but not to the full extent. So that Hagrid can't do all of the magic, but it basically is powerful enough.
0: Well, Hagrid wouldn't even know how to do a lot of magic anyway, because he was expelled in, like, his third year, so.
1: So I feel like he did, like, a, like, a taping it together, wizard version of taping it together.
0: Like, Ron's horned in the next book.
1: Yeah, exactly. He did, like, a a partial fix, I think, probably, is the best
0: way to put it. Best one, because, like... Hagrid doesn't have a trace or anything on him because, like, I don't know. The ministry doesn't seem very competent in, the, in this whole series. It seems like they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're the government, <laughs> so. But I mean, the go- it, in general, I believe the government doesn't know what they're doing.
1: Probably the most realistic thing in the entire Harry Potter series is that the government is so
0: incompetent. <laughs> so the other thing: Hagrid performs magic on a muggle, and isn't that some kind of like abuse? Like, I don't even get like, can they not sense that? Oh, that's got to be super illegal. That's got to be, like, well, I want, like, I mean,
1: slightly
0: pulling, like, a... St- I feel like there has to be a way well, to track it because, like, that's, like, an illegal thing. So, like, so, but is because no one knows Hagrid has this wand that they can't trace it?
1: I don't think they can trace
0: everything that happens
1: because I feel like lots of wizards do things that... Like, Harry uses an Unforgivable Curse right? Once he's 17 years old, he's no longer being tracked. So Hagrid isn't 17 anymore. So maybe they're not tracking him. Because I just thought
0: Harry wasn't like caught because like the ministry was quite corrupt. And they weren't really like caring about tracking unforgivable curses because the bad guys were using that too. Because bad
1: guys go around doing curses all the time. So I feel like the ministry doesn't track can't track everyone like that's got to be illegal. Like some weird maybe there's a weird NSA branch of the ministry that like spies on wizards they have no justifiable reason to spy on but I feel like they can't track every spell done by every wand of every wizard at all times I feel like it's the underage wizards and maybe like wizard parole like if you're out on wizard parole they can track what spells
0: you've done I don't yeah I don't know it's just super crazy to me like what was the point of like I know it's funny, like in the book as a kid, you're like, oh that's so funny, give him a pig's tail, but now I'm kinda of like, oh, that's kind of like That's horrifying. He has to have that surgically removed. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like like I get that you were just, show, just like trying to show up the parents and stuff, but did you like duckley didn't like I know duckley's like kind of awful kid, but he didn't really do anything.
1: He's also an eleven year old. All eleven year olds are awful.
0: And yeah, and he's also the same age. And I'm just kinda of like, like, yeah, but as a am like, I read this as a kid, I was probably like, Yeah, like show up the Dursleys like they deserve it but now I'm kind of like yeah they're awful human beings but I'm like but like Dudley didn't really do anything it was like the Dursleys. I think it's fine that he did that
1: to Dudley I mean not magically like I think he would get jail time if any wizard had witnessed it and reported him but I think me morally I'm fine with him giving Dudley the tale I'm not fine with him leaving without taking it away. Like, if you give him a tail to make him suffer for a few minutes.
0: Yeah, he had to go to the hospital and get it, like, surgically removed. And I was like, what's the hospital thinking? Exactly.
1: So then, like, take it away with magic and don't, you know, like, give it to him for a few minutes to make him terrified. But then take it away before you leave. I think leaving it on there is a bit much, personally. That's where I draw the line. But I, it's definitely illegal.
0: There's no way that's not actually a crime um yeah because we think of hair of hyper as usually the list is a very morally like good character and he does things for like the good and this is like when you read it you're kind of like it's not really a good a good thing like I don't, I don't know
1: I just think because Hagrid isn't a proper grown-up he often acts in
0: sort of the rash emotional ways that like teenagers do that's true you know, like Hagrid's weird a weird character where you think he technically is an adult but he does have, like, this friendship with Harry that's kind of, like, a normal friendship, like, like, me and you have. But, like, there, there's a huge age difference. And it's also just kind of, like, Harry's a literal child and Hagrid's, like, an adult. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's kind of, like, Harry and Sirius. Although Sirius is, like, yeah. but it's, like, a very different relationship. Like, Hagrid's relationship with them is very hard to kind of, like, categorize with the other adult characters in the series. Because he acts like a, a hybrid of, like an adult but he's like an adult he's their teacher but he's also like a really close friend and I was like it's kind of hard to like compare
1: I just see him as being a little bit like um, I think maybe having him be expelled when he was so young so he was at Hogwarts but he wasn't really around kids his age because he was separate from them because he was hired there and he worked there and wasn't a student I think there's probably some social aspects that Hagrid just doesn't, doesn't understand just because he wasn't sort of uh socialized in those ways so he's like harry's great harry's awesome harry's my friend in the same way that arthur Weasley is my friend and he just sometimes doesn't understand that that's supposed to be a little different you
0: had some points about hagrid being a giant of a man
1: oh yeah right (laughs) uh i guess my my interest in that was just sort of what does hagrid being a giant add to the story i think it's nice in that it gives you a way to understand speciesism and racism in the story besides just being muggle-born. Like, it sort of expands the bias of wizards and sort of their weird, unfair social standings. It also sort of juxtaposes wizards' views when it comes to power, because Hagrid isn't the most magically powerful, but he's probably the most physically powerful of anyone, because he's this massive giant. (laughs) Like, so it's interesting just to see that. And then also... Hagrid having lost his parents young and being an outsider gives him a way to relate to Harry as another... Once Harry knows these things about him, they can both relate as being outsiders. And because villains dislike Hagrid so much, because... I mean, because he's in the Order of the Phoenix, but also just because he is part giant. Like, people like Draco mistreat him. It gives you an easy way for Harry to sort of judge other characters. Like, people who are bad... Are people who mistreat Hagrid because Hagrid is good mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a, a nice early way for ha- Harry to sort of form judgments about other people because good people like Hagrid because he's a nice guy and then every bad guys pretty much always dis- mistreat him because of what he is and not who he is because they're dicks <laughs> oh my gosh I have a lot to say on Hagrid apparently <laughs>
0: I mean Hagrid's we could have like I know when we leave the series later on we can do like character discussions. Hagrid would be a great character to discuss because there's just so much to talk about with Hagrid. I think
1: I mean we we're talking before about how it probably wasn't the smartest idea to have sent Hagrid in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh like plot wise it's not the most eloquent.
0: Yeah, you kind of had to ignore, like, when you think, like, this doesn't make sense, it's usually just, like, common logical sense, but then you kind of think when you talk about books, it's like, but it's for the plot. A lot of things happen for the plot, so yeah, for the plot.
1: Yeah, but, like, plot-wise, Hagrid can't disapparate, let alone side-along disapparate, so it's the most inconvenient person to send to chase the Dursleys all over Hell Hat Baker and try and go out into the island in the middle of some weird lake to rescue him from a cabin. Like, Hagrid is not... has the least transportation abilities of all the magical wizards we know. And that's the one they send. Like, literally, like, for the point of the plot, it makes sense because Hagrid's the one that dropped Harry off as a baby, and it's nice, and it's balanced, and it's cute. But it's not the most logical choice at all. You know? And it feels kind of like a bunch of slightly more logical choices could have given us most of the same content the only thing that would have been different is no one really sees Dumbledore the way Hagrid does so the difference between sending like Minerva McGonagall who can disapparate and sidelong along disapparate and do everything Hagrid did, is that she wouldn't talk about Dumbledore in the same way that Hagrid does. She would say he's very smart, he's the headmaster, but she
0: doesn't... No, she definitely would talk as a teacher, because yeah. I'm assuming, like, when she goes to meet students that are Muggle, like, muggle-born, like I'm assuming she explains everything like a teacher would, because she's a teacher at heart, but, like, Hagrid's not a teacher, he's he's just kind of like Dumbledore's lackey. Yeah,
1: I just think that's that's sort of the main difference, mm-hmm. right? The only thing Dumbledore gets out of sending Hagrid instead of someone else is... Just priming Harry to think he himself, Dumbledore, is the greatest.
0: And so he should trust him because it's Dumbledore.
1: P.S. I'm the best. Hagrid, (laughs) please, please go meet the young Mr.
0: Potter. Yeah, Dumbledore, sent his fan club.
1: Give him this I Heart Dumbledore hat and this Dumbledore is the best pin. Also this free, uh, custom Dumbledore is the greatest slippers. Oh, God. (laughs) And, uh, a turtleneck sweater with a little picture of Fox on the side. You know. I don't know. He's just, he's... clearly that's the only reason I for me anyway that sending Hagrid makes more sense than sending anyone else is literally just how he will present the idea of Dumbledore to Harry Potter.
0: Yeah I can definitely see that because we know that like every all the teachers respect Dumbledore but Minerva does question him a few times in the series like she's like I know you're like you're great but like why would you do this? Yeah exactly. So like definitely I feel like when she meets Hermione because Hermione mentions it. Professor McGonagall came to her house to explain, like, her letter to her parents, and I kind of questioned, I think, later, a couple episodes ago, like, why didn't another teacher come and explain it to Harry for the jersey? because, like, technically they are his guardians, so they're, like, his parents, but it's because Dumbledore wanted his fan club to, like, go meet him.
1: He was like, priority number one, Harry Potter must love me, respect me, admire me, unconditionally. Priority number two, yeah, yeah, your parents are dead and you're magic. (laughs)
0: Like. (laughs) Priority number three, oh, you're alive. Cool.
1: Oh, good news. They didn't starve you to death. They just starved you to malnourishment. So, job well done. Pat on the back, Dumbledore.
0: (laughs) Great job, Dumbledore.
1: (laughs) Once again, Dumbledore, you
0: the man. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) You guys had a point that they sent Hagrid because he's the most physically intimidating. So, yeah, I would seem like if. They sent Mac- McGonagall or someone, like, the Dursleys, like, I feel like Vernon might have been more, like, um, verbally abusive or, like, more in her face than he would Hagrid, because Hagrid is- I mean- I feel like the Dursleys might- they might be a bit scared because they're wizards, but I feel like, like, he- he's worked so hard to, like, keep the wizarding stuff out, and we know that Vernon kind of lost his marbles at this point, I feel like he would have been a bit more, like, um, intimidating, but because Hagrid's obviously could take him physically, but he also has magic, he's, like- he can't compete in any way.
1: I feel like the physical stature of Hagrid makes him scary initially. And then when he does the magic, he's as scary as anyone else. But I think any other professor that Dumbledore might have sent could, might not be as intimidating the moment they walk through the door, but they do one quick spell or anything and the muggles know what's up and they shut up in their afraid. Yeah. you know? Hagrid maybe gets Dumbledore one second or a few seconds earlier fear out of the Dursleys. Or compliance out of the Dursleys. But I think those seconds don't mean a lot in the end. Especially given that Harry's history could have been told to him slightly more eloquently. And again, he wouldn't have had to take a weird boat. (laughs) Like, why did Harry take the weird boat? Because Dumbledore wanted to make sure Harry knew Dumbledore's the best.
0: Gotta recruit people for the Dumbledore fan club.
1: Literally Dumbledore's army. Day one. I want Harry Potter to make an army all about me. One day he'll make me proud and then die. The end. (laughs) We just eviscerate Dumbledore. (laughs) We are.
0: I mean, we're not a part of the Dumbledore fan club. I mean. Let's just say Yeah.
1: Not really. Uh, Yeah. mm -mm. I mean, like, I'm not saying our podcast is a roast of Albus
0: Dumbledore but it could be.
1: <laughs> but I am saying that we're gonna have to call one of our chapters the Albus Dumbledore roast and
0: just We'll have a roast where we talk about just roasting Dumbledore pretty much.
1: Just roast. We'll do roast day. We could do that. There's some
0: characters I would love to talk about, mostly the gray characters that kind of no one likes, but Dumbledore's like a different level.
1: Hey, don't you nobody like Severus Snape. I like Severus Snape. I'm somebody. Yeah, but you're
0: like that's, like, strange. No one really says you your favorite character except for you.
1: There's other people. There's there's more out there. Hey, people out there who like Snape. Uh, comment, like, and subscribe.
0: And I will question <laughs> or, your or life whatever. choices.
1: Thumbs up for, for Severus Snape and his morally gray and entirely
0: majestic flowing locks. <laughs> Ew. His greasy locks. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... Let's end this. We will be back again to discuss chapter five of Philosopher's Stone, by If you have any thoughts on today's episode or you would like to share your thoughts or theories on future chapters of Philosopher's Stone, feel free to email us at podrevisitedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us across social media at podrevisited. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you again. Bye! <music>